find a way find a way hey 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 it's christoph Wrights of the poet life podcast and i am excited for season four episode two man it's exciting to be back in this seat here actually i'm standing up not in the seat but it doesn't matter i'm here with miss kazaya how you doing kazaya good how are you i'm doing quite well kazaya we've been man how long ago did we meet this was oh man had to be like this was six years ago like i think it was even longer than that because remember i um i i called on uh true voices and you all Mm -hmm. came to my church Mm -hmm. perform as a group were you one of them yeah so that was probably seven yeah it was like seven years right yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah. so uh and that was that was so awesome and uh i i was i was really grateful for you all to come out and perform like like you all did and like you all brought it like my church was talking about that for for a long time you know yeah like really like really um i think orville was there too and mm-hmm. uh yeah it was it was really good so so it's been like seven years it's been like That's seven crazy. years and then i then i uh um i think i came to some of you all's events and mm-hmm. uh it was just a good time you know but I'm, I'm excited to have you here on the podcast because you know i asked you before we started and the question was, I think I asked all our, our guests this just to kind of determine where our direction is going. And the question was, um, uh, if you could teach a class to poets uh, about your journey, um, you know, what would that class be about specifically? What was your answer for that? I said uh, the class would be about owning your voice. Owning your voice. Why? Why? Why is that? So I think it's I think as people kind of come into spoken word, come into slam, whichever kind of way you come in, whether you start by you know hopping open mics or or different events or putting out your own work or whatever it is, I think that just about everybody has like a favorite poet, right? Or one that they follow, one that they really like and admire. They love how. You know, they like they're like they like their wordplay, or they just may like their demeanor. You know, just like something about them and follow them, like on socials and stuff. Um, and if you're just beginning, or if you are a bit insecure about how you present yourself as a mm. poet, or how you present yourself as a writer, then you may be inclined to take points from your favorite spoken word artist, your favorite writer, your favorite poet. Um, and I think some poets get caught up in that. I think they get caught up in like taking points. Like, this is clearly the way to do it. Look at how the audience responded to (laughs) their work. Look at how the audience responded to their presentation. Um, but the thing about kind of, you know, pulling from somebody else's voice, their voice is already taken, right? They already have their own voice. So your story and your voice, nobody else can have, nobody else can own because it's yours. So it's a matter of, you know, owning your voice, finding your voice and sticking with that. 
and letting that carve out the space it's supposed to carve out for people to hear what you have to say. Mm, that's major. Did you have to did you have to learn that? Um, I feel like I was a bit of a unicorn in that sense. Um, mm. I didn't really at that time, I didn't I'm originally from Memphis and yeah. I've been in uh Maryland for uh 10 nine years. And so the scene wasn't big in Memphis as far as spoken word and poetry. I was always either at someone's open mic or someone's youth service. It was never it was never an in-between. It was either open mic or youth service. Um, and that, you know, that is what it is. But um, there wasn't anybody for me to really look up to. I had some, you know, friends who were poets, but not a whole lot of them, you know, not mm -hmm. a whole lot of like poet friends and like poet, I guess, constituents uh in memphis but when i moved to maryland where there's a bustling you know poetry and spoken word scene i'm introduced to it and i'm like oh wow this is wow mm -hmm. you know um and so when i got here i started looking at uh, at people like you mentioned orville earlier i started looking at orville i started looking at rebecca dupas i started looking at uh these you know these poets who are you know just wonderful at what they do um, and how they're able to capture the audience. Now that did not adjust how I, you know, uh, reached out to the audience. It didn't. It didn't adjust how I presented myself uh, to whoever. But I was able to look at them and see how they how they move. I've seen Orville perform plenty of times. I've seen Rebecca Dupas perform plenty of times, and other poets as well. Mm -hmm. um, and I was able to see them in their element. And I'll, the only thing I took from that was that I need to be in my element. And I have plenty of friends who now say, um, every time they see me go on stage, every time they see me at the mic, it's like it's a totally different person. Mm. It's like I get into like a mode almost. Um, and it's like a totally different person up on stage. And now that I worked on, but I didn't like pull um, like production value. I didn't pull presentation tips or whatever from you know the poets that I admire the poets that I look to but I um it if anything it gave me confidence that's the thing I pulled from them yeah was confidence yeah yeah you know you you give me um a good movie narrator voice when you perform <laughs> like like you know yeah like really and I'm because I'm engaged and, and you're right, because your voice, when, when we say voice is more than just the sound of her voice, but, right. you know, how she speaks and her cadence and everything. And uh, yeah, I, I can't I can't sync your voice with anyone else's, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like, really? Like, I and I haven't that. heard you perform in a while. Yeah. So that just tells you I remember. So for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, that's, that's good. That's good. Uh, so how, how do you think, uh, like, you know, poets just starting, mm -hmm. how, how can they start? Is, is it okay to kind of emulate those who are veterans and then kind of find their way? What do you, what do you think? I think it's important for people who are kind of new to the craft. 
I think it's important for them to surround themselves with poets for sure. Mm-hmm. Like get into the community, be a part of the community. Don't perform at every open mic you go to. Ooh. Like sit in the audience, listen to the who hits the stage, like pay attention to all this stuff. Like take it in. Like open mic is a open mic is a culture, right? Um, and you don't just learn the cult- culture by hopping on stage. Like sit out in the audience, be an audience member just like everybody else that's not performing. And take some, take that in. Watch everything. Interactions with the audience. Watch, watch how they do what they do. How they engage. Watch it, and see if honestly, see if that's what that's what you want. I've coached uh, quite a few people who started out with like, yeah, I definitely want to get on stage. I want to get on the mic. I'm ready. Like mm-hmm. I'm ready to give it to them. Let me. Go. And then they go to an open mic and they're like, oh no, I'm not ready for that. Mm. I'm, I'm not. I'm I'm not ready for that. And you know, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. That's that's fine. But you won't know that until you go and experience it, not just as a performer, but just as, you know, a regular person. Just go sit in the audience, experience the scene, the atmosphere, and kind of take that all in a few times uh, before you try to kind of just insert yourself into the community. It's kind of like if somebody wants to, it's like somebody going into a neighborhood and saying, We're gonna do this for your neighborhood without ever asking, what do you need? Mm. Do you want us to help? Can we help you? It's like, we're just going to, we're going to do this for your neighborhood. You're welcome. Right. Yeah. 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 When you came to Maryland, how was the transition? Um, <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was, uh, it was a little sharp, a yeah. little aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I moved, to, I came from Memphis to Baltimore, right? Ooh. So somebody said I moved from the first forty-eight to the wire, which is funny. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think the first, like, first six months I was in Maryland in Baltimore, I think my car got broken into. Mm. Um, Welcome. Somebody stole my wallet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot of stuff. And I'm like, okay, uh, right. this, this is quite a welcome here. But like the transition, um, I was still I was still around people. Like I was safe. I was still around people. I had community already. Um, and I had a few friends who were up here already. So that helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Um and so I just got more acclimated. I didn't come in as an expert on poetry or anything mm-hmm. for that matter. I wasn't even an expert on adulthood at that point. Um, but I came in open, right? I came in, uh, willing to learn. Um, and that was, man, the one thing that I can say, but one thing I can say about Baltimore, I can say plenty of things, but one thing I can say about Baltimore is that it's not difficult to find community. Mm. Um, it's not difficult to find community in, you know, the t- whatever it is you're interested in. If you're interested in painting, dance, acting, whatever it is, you can find a community of people to kind of be around and, mm-hmm. and learn from. And so that's what I did. I just, I and I just happened to meet this person, happened to meet that person, was introduced to this person. And it just started, the community and network just started to build from there. So, uh, you know, on one end, it, the, the transition was aggressive. Uh, but on the mm-hmm. other end, it was what I needed. Like it was, I, I, I needed to relocate here. 
Um, mm. it, it, it was where I needed to be. And I've done, a feel, I feel like I've done a lot of growing. Sure. Um, <laughs> a lot of growing. Um, and it was what I needed. Yeah. Yeah, it was what I needed. When you came, well, what brought you to Maryland, I should ask? So I came here um, for a, it was kind of like a fellowship program. Uh, they were looking for young adults who wanted to serve in um, in the city, in Baltimore City. And so uh, I applied, they went through the interview process, um, and my initial job was working. I worked at this church in, in Baltimore City in a, in a neighborhood called Remington, which is barely recognizable right now. Mm. Another story, gentrification, another story. Mm -hmm. Um, but at this church that served as like a community hub. So they had like a food pantry and they had a soup kitchen and they had homework help for the kids. They had uh, winterization projects for the neighborhood just um, and different programs for people in the neighborhood. So I was kind of like the community social worker. Mm -hmm. um, and so that was life changing. The, that's the easiest way I can say it. That was it was life changing, mm. um, and so that's what that's what brought. And I feel like my time in Memphis, you know, being born and raised there, I feel like I had gotten what I needed to get from from yeah. my hometown. I'll forever love Memphis, um, but I feel like I had gotten what I needed to get, and it was time to move along. Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. Did the poetry scene or the poetry community was that what? helped you get comfortable in your transition um in a way yeah in a way mm. um i i was introduced to like i was introduced to true voices in like like two or three months after i got to maryland nice uh, i was introduced to them but outside of true voices i was uh introduced to the poetry scene, I don't know, maybe uh, like a year into being in Maryland. And mm. it's like I said, the network slowly started to build. Right. And that made it, that made it easier and easier uh, for me to, um, you know, find opportunities to perform or, you know, do whatever else. Um, so yeah, in a way, yeah, the poetry community definitely helped to stabilize me Okay. Um, in this area, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm -hmm. You 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 said you've grown, right? Mm -hmm. You've experienced mm -hmm. some growth, mm -hmm. and and in that growth, uh, is 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 business uh, intertwined in that growth, and and how has your business acumen related to poetry uh, grown? So no shade to my hometown. Mm -hmm. No shade. Um, in Maryland, it was a lot easier to get paid. Gigs. Mm -hmm. It was a, a, a lot easier um, and not have to justify my worth to mm. an event plan. Uh, it felt good for that to happen. Sure. Um, and because poetry is a bigger thing here, because spoken word is a bigger, there's a bigger scene here, more established, well-established scene, um, 
the opportunities were, it was so many different types. Like I wasn't confined to you service open mic. Right. Um, right. I've, I've done, I've done poetry from everywhere, but from a, a Easter service at a church to a barn. I kid you not. I kid you not. Um, <laughs> I've performed in front of five-year-olds and 95-year-olds. Mm. Conferences, conferences, schools, churches, universities, you name it. And I'm just, it's still, I'm still struck by it sometimes, you know, um, that I've been able to just be in front of all these people and then uh, connect with them in such a way. There are some some interactions I've had with people that are going to stay with me for the rest of my life, mm. uh, and that that added you know that much more meaning. Um, but as far as business, yeah, it definitely, I guess you could say, boomed uh, when I got to Maryland for sure. For sure, for sure. So, in in, in as it relates to business and poetry. Did you did you know that you could actually have a career in poetry? When or when did you know if you knew? It's funny you should ask that. So someone that uh I've known my whole life um told me that when I was still in Memphis, told me that poetry was just a hobby mm. and I need to focus on something more tangible. Mm -hmm. Sounds familiar. Uh, I didn't expect that to have the impact that it did. But it did, especially if you hear from somebody that you trust, mm -hmm. somebody who you believe has your best interest at heart, for them to minimize your gift to a hobby. So much so that it took me a long time to even say that it was a gift, just because I'm like, well, I mean, it's a thing I do. Right. You know, I couldn't even, I, I lost the belief in it myself. And that's not true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's not true. Um, poetry has taken me all over the country mm. and has provided food for me and gas and paid bills. Um, Yeah. So even now, I still, even now, sometimes I still kind of struggle with it. And I have to remind myself that, you know, they were speaking from a place of like ignorance. Right. They're just not ignorance. And well, I mean, I guess there's no positive to ignorance, but they didn't know any better. Mm -hmm. So I have to, I have to chalk it up to that, but that don't mean it didn't hurt. Right. You know, that mean it didn't impact me. So, um, Yes, you can you can have a career in poetry for sure. Sure. For sure. Sure. Yeah, we're on a mission. We're on a mission to show 
to show and prove, uh, even to prove it to ourselves, you know, because we've been, like you said, we've been told for so long there's no money in poetry, which makes no sense no at sense. all, you know, for, for there to be a lane for a comedian that can stand there in one place and evoke emotion for an hour or more. Mm -hmm. And because that's all this is, it is a person who has the gift and the capability to evoke emotion, mm -hmm. whether it's laughter or, or, you know, nirvana of just music, you know, right. uh, um, what do people think poetry does? Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, exactly. yeah, there's there's different levels to it, of course. Obviously, there's different skill sets, and but there's no way in the world you can tell me that a comedian can 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 evoke more emotion than a poet or vice versa. Right. You know, and, not and taking poetry, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's what poetry is. Poetry is emotion. Yeah. Like that's, it's that's that's what it is. Period. Yeah. Period. So now, do we have work to do in in believing in it and believing in ourselves and in in our capabilities? Yes, absolutely. Right to know that I can do a set of thirty minutes. I can do a set for an hour, and it be diverse in content and not just one lane as far as whatever the topic is, right? I, I, I have a Swiss army knife of poetry and um, that's going to take work. It just is, right? And so, so, so um, I think it starts with belief, right? And then it's the execution. All right, it's time to get my portfolio up. It's time to get my endurance up. Mm -hmm. You know, my study game. Like you said, that was so good. Don't just go to an open mic and get up there and perform. Study the room. Right. Study the poets there. That that is that is that's hard for people to hear. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it is. You know, I'm sure it is. Yeah, yeah, and understandably, but it's necessary. Absolutely, it's necessary because you can be great, go to a, a a different city, and not know the room, mm -hmm. and get up there and say something crazy. Crazy. <laughs> you gotta you know? read the you whether you're featuring or what. You gotta read the room. You gotta read the room. Yeah, mm. I saw. Listen, yeah, I saw a guy, and he was he knew me. I don't know how he knew me, but he knew me, and I think he liked my work. And so he was like, "Yo, tonight I'm doing." Okay, I might step on some toes. He said, "Tonight I'm doing such and such as poem." I'm like. Hmm? Pardon me. 
He was like, yeah, I'm doing such and such a poem. I love it so much. It really inspired me. I inboxed him on Instagram and I was like, yo, uh, bro, can I do your poem? And he never, I never heard back from him. I'm like, that's a no. If, <laughs> if you didn't, right. if you didn't, but, that's a, but he did. He got on stage. Didn't read the room for one. The poem is very difficult to execute properly. Like the person whose poem it is, is the person who does it best. Um, it's a very difficult poem to execute. And he tanked. He tanked. He, I mean, the people didn't say nothing to him. Like, as far as clapping and snaps, no. After he did that, it tanked. And I'm like, I could have told you that. Right. Like, you didn't even read, like, see what, what poems you have in your in your chamber that right. you can give people. Don't somebody else's work and had memorized it to a T. I'm like, yo, you could have spent that energy memorizing right. your own work. Yeah. <sighs> Living you learn. Sometimes you, you learn the hard way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But you, you, you are releasing an album or have released or releasing no releasing is coming out september 30th nice yeah nice which which album is this number what this is album number four Ooh, vet in the game <laughs> yeah this four. is album number four yep okay take me back Take me back to your first album and why, why an album, your first one? Whew. <laughs> you talk about somebody that did not know what the heck they were doing. Mm -hmm. That was, that was, that was me on their first album. Did not know what I was doing. I, I searched everything. I can't even say I Google searched them. Just dating myself a little bit. I didn't mm -hmm. Google search. I Yahoo searched. <laughs> uh, <laughs> everything uh, I I thought I needed to know, like the whole process. I would I went to random studios in Memphis to uh, to record. I also recorded with a friend of mine, and he helped me out with like production and all that stuff. It was. <laughs> I mean, I think it came out well, but I think that. It was just me not knowing what to do, but I knew I had something to say. I knew I had something to something to get out, something to release. Mm. Uh, and so that's that was my first album. It's called Matters of the Heart. And um, yeah, whew, that was yeah. It was it was very much it was super churchy. I have to say that <laughs> it was super churchy. <laughs> um, <laughs> That was just, you know, I feel like that was kind of my mindset at that time. Like, you know, whole um, get right church and let's go home type of vibe. Like, mm -hmm. it, was, it was, Lord, it was super churchy. Uh, Stru structure wise, was mm -hmm. it poetry on top of music or? Yeah, it was. Well, so, <laughs> so I was also very poor. <laughs> So I couldn't afford uh, production for everything. I had some music for some things, um, but 
I couldn't afford production for everything. So mm-hmm. some of them just just a poem. Some of them is over music. Got you. Got you. So so what does that look like as it relates to growth? Um, obviously, you know, I guess the budget gets larger, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm always curious um, why poets create albums. Mm-hmm. Um, what what's what's the rationale between a poetry album? So for me, um, just because of the way I write, I think that it makes sense for me. Mm. Uh, I typically write. According to well, no, I won't say that. I'll say I typically write. I don't write all the time. I don't write every day. There's mm-hmm. some people that do, and more power to them. I'm not one of those poets. Um, but when I do write, it's such a, it's such an emotional like pull for me um, that I have to I have to take a, like literally have to like t- kind of take a break from writing and then come back and write because I write from. I write from uh, an authentic place. I write mm-hmm. from my own experiences. I write from experiences that I've been close to, um, things that I've witnessed and seen and kind of mold over in my head and mold over among, you know, among community or whatever. And so for me, collect like the, the album that's coming out on the 30th, those poems have been written for two years. Mm. Um, just never... A couple, a few of them, I've never performed. I think a couple of them I did at an open mic just to kind of test it out and see what the response would be. But for the most part, um, yeah, I hadn't performed any of the other ones. And yeah, it those poems have been written for two years. But and making it an out because at first I was like, I'm gonna just come out with a single. I'm just come out with a, a, an individual poem, and I'm gonna release that, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm gonna promote that. And that's going to be that. And then a couple months later, I'm going to come out with another one. I'm going to release that, promote that. And then I'm going to come out like I thought I was going to do it like that. And I'm like, that's kind of a lot of work. <laughs> that's that's kind of a lot of work. Like, w- get back to the main thing is, is basically what I told myself. Get back to the main thing. Um, and it's getting these words out and, and, and helping people. Um, the best way I can and the way I know how. And so it made sense to compile. And this happened each time, just made sense to compile them into one body of work versus releasing them like individually. I see. Um, so that's that's why I did it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, if we can get to the ABC one, two, three of creating an album, especially mm-hmm. a poetry album. Mm-hmm. And, and again, the premise of this podcast is to help um, other poets realize that it's possible, but also to share how. Um, I've never produced an album, um, and it's very intriguing to me. You know, what's the first step, and and where do you go? Who do you reach out to? Like when you say, you know, what I'm going to. I'm going to produce and not, well, not produce. I don't know. I'm going to make an album. Yeah. What do you do um, first? So the first stop is probably the hardest stop 
Mm -hmm. Um, And that is if you've got a collection of poems, figuring out which ones are going to make it onto the album. Like you want your best work to be displayed and like, you know, on, you know, and streaming and all that stuff. So picking out the best ones, the ones that you feel like will impact, have the most impact. Um, and it is not necess- and it's not throwing the other poems away, but just that process of like, th- I mean, record labels do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Our artists can go in and record 25 songs in the studio and they will trash 10 of them, 15 of them. Like, nope, 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 nope. Go through the whole process and pick which would be the better ones. Pick which one would be the single, you know? And so uh, it's that process. Um and from there, you figure out your recording situation. Are you going to go to a recording studio? You're going to go to your homeboy's basement? You're going to record it yourself? Like, how are you going to do that? Um, and that just varies based on what you're able to do. Um, and from there, um, you know, while you're doing that, because I, I believe, I absolutely believe in working in tandem, um, while you're, you know, in the recording process, you can also, if you know producers, like if you want to put it over music, and you know music producers, uh, reach out to producer friends, see what their rates are, give them an idea. If you have an idea of what you want the music to sound like or what you want it to be similar to, send them some reference tracks um, to, to let them know kind of what you want to do, what you want it to sound like, um, and go through that process. They, you have Yes, you have to pay them, yes. Mm-hmm. Unless it's your cousin who's just trying to get on and can, you know, can make a few beats then that's different. You got to you got to plug. You got to hook up. Right. But other than that, uh, yes, get producers, and yes, you have to pay them. Um, also, this is around the time where you're coming up with the concept of your album. You've figured out which poems you're going to include. Uh, what message do you want all these poems together to convey? Uh, and that will help you come up with your title. That will help you. If you're using a graphic designer or if you're doing it yourself, come up with what you want your album cover to look like. Um, and so there's that. So let's say you're at the end of it. You've recorded all your poems. You found your production. Um, what do you do next? You get an engineer who is going to mix the poems and the music and make sure the levels are right and make sure everything sounds good. So um, send your files over to your engineer to take care of that. And from the engineer, you need to, and I don't, I think sometimes if poets do record music, you know, like poems over music, um, they tend to skip steps because it's cheaper. I mean. Steps like, like what? Skip like, so mastering. Mm. So mastering makes, mastering makes your, um, your work essentially radio ready, right? Um, and so it's all the professionals do it. Um, it is highly recommended to get your stuff mastered. But usually if something sounds good in the mix, people are like, well, I where do I get the master? It sounds good now. You don't know. Get it, you know, get it mastered. You never know where it can end up playing. And so, but it also costs money. Like everything costs money. Engineer costs money. Getting master, getting it mastered costs money. It costs money. It does. Um, and so there's that. Meanwhile, while that is going on, getting it mixed and mastered and all that, um, come up with a promotional calendar. By this time, you should have, you know, your album cover done. You should have, you know, have your your credits written out and all that stuff and have your lyrics 
written out all this stuff. Um, so promotional calendar. Determining a what you want your release date to be. So uh, from there, let's say your promotional calendar is done. You know what your album cover is. You got pretty, you know how you want the, the poems ordered on the album. You got that part done. You know what you're going to do for promotions. Um, now comes the business business, right? Mm-hmm. So you go to a website like TuneCore or DistroKid, or some people still use CD Baby. I used to use CD Baby. I use DistroKid this time. And these are um, distribution sites that get your album on iTunes and Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, Google Play. If that's not a thing anymore. They don't have Google Play no more. But all the, all the music streaming services. Um, and so you pay their fee. They walk you through the steps of submitting your music to them. You can pick your release date and they'll make sure that it's at those, those stores, those platforms on the release date. Mm-hmm. Also, you should sign up with a performing rights organization. Um, there is BMI, there's ASCAP, CSAC. Um, I'm I'm on BMI because I think I signed up to BMI because BMI was free. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, a performing rights organization so that if your music is played somewhere, you get They'll credit for the spins. Like it's it's man, listen, get credit for the spins. Um, it used to be where you had to sign up with um with SoundScan because people, this is back once again, dating myself, when people had CDs and mm-hmm. they would have you know, the barcode on the back of the CDs to sell in stores and stuff. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Um, so there's that. And then as far as promotional stuff, social media is king, right? Right. It is, it is king. And so you got to figure out which what platforms you're going to use to promote your album. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you know people in radio who can who play spoken word, you know, connect with those people and do do what they ask. Um, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, YouTube—it's a lot of different platforms um, that you can kind of choose from how you're going to promote it. If you don't have a YouTube channel, then don't use YouTube. Everybody, just about everybody's got Instagram. A lot of people have Twitter. A lot of people have Facebook. You know, use utilize those to the best of your ability to promote your work. Talk to a social media, like a social media manager or somebody mm-hmm. who can help you with promotions, like a marketing person, uh, especially if you don't know what the heck you're doing. Uh, talk to a marketing person. Talk to, like talk to people. I didn't say that enough. Connect with people. And talk to people about next steps, like get advice, figure out what all advice ain't good advice, but you can learn from everybody. Like talk to somebody. Also, lesson I learned, don't do it all yourself. Mm. Uh, I have a bad habit of being an island um, and I'm getting a lot better, but <laughs> I'm not quite there yet. So I understand. <laughs> If you have people who have done it before and are willing to share their knowledge, if you have people who, um, you know, people who have different different facets of knowledge or different steps that you have to take, absolutely do it. Also, I forgot a very, 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 very important thing. Listen, loc.gov. 
register your work with the Library of Congress. Mm. Make sure that it is yours. They walk you through the whole process. It's like $55 for a body of work. As soon as you have the, the tracks from whoever mastered your album, go directly, go directly to loc.org. Or copy, I'm saying LOC, sorry, copyright.gov. Copy, I'm getting the, the website, so I'm sleepy, sorry. Mm. Uh, <laughs> copyright.gov. Go there. They walk you through the whole process. You have to create a profile. They walk you through the whole process. Make sure that it is yours. So if somebody decide five years down the line, listen, I need to sample this. Mm-hmm. I am not going to pay the originator of this track, and that's just going to be what it is. And you find out about it get your money okay right. so make sure it's yours absolutely make sure it's yours is that the same thing as copyright well yeah mm-hmm. that's right copyright mm-hmm. like so you got copyright and then you got trademark so trademark is for like marks like service marks and symbols copyright is for like documents like books gotcha. um you know different things like that right right mm-hmm. so your marketing right mm-hmm what was different from your last albums to now or did you so do the same I, think I had i think with the last album i had a little bit of an advantage partially because um i was part of true voices and we were mm-hmm. all the time right mm-hmm. um but i also think because i had a live recording and I had it at uh, Anacostia Art Center in Southeast and um, in their black box theater. And it was sold out. It was jam packed in there to the point that people who hadn't purchased a ticket were, were trying to get in. I guess they were trying to see what all the commotion was about, right. see where all these people were going. I don't know. It was sold out. And so I think that helped push the promo and the marketing for for my last album for sure um so this album is a bit different uh we're in the middle of a pandemic uh i'm not planning any events any in-person events because i wanted to do i did want to do like an album release party um but then the delta variant hit and was like <laughs> right <laughs> so <laughs> So um, definitely, you know, that's that was that was no more. So um, yeah, this time around, it's just being intentional with social media uh, and being intentional about letting people know and how I let people know. So, Mm. so what what gave you the idea to do your testimonial videos? So honestly, it was a little bit, it was, it was a little bit selfish. It might've been a little bit selfish. I really wanted to know what people thought. Mm -hmm. And I reached out to some friends of mine and I'm like, listen, I want you to listen to this poem I wrote. And I want you to tell me, I want you to record yourself listening to it and tell me what you think, good or bad. And all of them came back good. All of them came back good. And I'm like, 
Thank you. I'm gonna. I'm letting you know what I'm gonna do with this. This is gonna be posted on Instagram and Facebook. Um, yeah. So it was, I, I wanted. To, I really wanted to know what people thought. Like even when the album drops on the 30th, I want to know what people think. I want to hear. I want to hear people's feedback on it because I know what. I know what I invested emotionally, financially, mentally. I know what I invested, but I want to hear if it impacted other people, like that I'm not just talking out of the side of my head, that I'm not just, you know, talking to a brick wall. I want to, I want to know if it, if it resonates with people. And so far the response I've gotten is that it absolutely does. Uh, but yeah, I, I wanted to know how people felt about it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Hmm. You, you have it, you have the file the file would you be interested in featuring one of your pieces on the podcast sure you got the file on we can um we actually can share like share screen type feature mm-hmm. um i think you have it on your end as well um yeah, yeah where it says share yeah let's uh let's take a listen All since right. we while we're here why wow. not? Yeah. I think I've heard one of one or two of them uh, based off of the videos that you put out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, let's see here. Which one should I do? So I'm gonna let you choose. All right. All right. Okay. So we got one fifteen a.m. That's the title. Uh huh. Okay. Got kept. Okay. Narrative. Ha. Huh. Uh, Coincidentally, uh-huh. narrative. You want to do narrative? Remember, I said that you have for me, you know, like a narrator, narrator's mm-hmm. voice mm-hmm. in the movie. <laughs> Let's do narrative. Let's do narrative. Okay. So. Exclusive on the Poet Life podcast, Kaziah's new album. What's the name of the album? Girls and Elephants. Girls and Elephants. Mm-hmm. And this track is number 13 called Narrative. No, this is numbers. Track is number four. Number four? Yeah. Right. Number four on the album, Girls and Elephants Narrative by Kaziah. Let's check it out. Loving the production already. What an interesting narrative. Our prayer shifted from thank you for blessings, Lord, to thank you for sparing us. Skittles and sweet tea mixed blood with rainbows. Didn't change the color of the victim. Fox News should change the color of his character. Low key. 
high key, maybe God was preparing us because the skin B badge, B I D, speaks for us before we ever show ID. And it just might be that these black babies who grew up to be black kings and queens got some traumatized blood coursing through their veins and need to toss IVs. So sick of seeing RIP. But all lives matter, huh? Since you heard Black Lives Matter, we lost count on how many cc's of black blood is splattered from bodies that look like mine. Bodies with music too loud. Bodies that's jogging around. Bodies that's rolled up in mats. Bodies driving home from practice. Bodies gathered to study the word. Bodies that just got off work. Bodies that's just getting home. Bodies playing games with her son. Bodies just leaving the party. Bodies that's holding a gun. Probably that kid probably, he probably just had a gun. Eight years after Trayvon. The same conversation goes on as these black parents hug these black bodies tighter and tighter. This feels less like life and more like plight in the graduating class of murderers gets wider and wider. Portraits are panoramic. Families are in a panic. Used to be just get a degree. Now it's make it past 23 or better yet 25. And don't run any errands at night. And if you get pulled over, just comply. If you get pulled over, go on Facebook Live. Wear glasses to make sure you look nice. You'll lower your threat level if you smile. Use your corporate voice when you reply. Take the fear out of your eyes. Don't have your music volume too high, please. Just be wise. Whatever it takes, just make it home to your family tonight. You can't be surprised that we're tired or misunderstand why we need a little time. It feels like we never stop grieving. Hearts skip beats when one of us stops breathing. Justice ain't never been found in anybody administratively leaving. Administratively. Ah, man. Cause I, come on, man. <laughs> come, come, come on, come on, man. See, that's that's what I'm talking about right there. That's what I'm talking about right there. Um, that's a whole lesson. That's a whole lesson uh, for for and that's a class in and of itself. How to create a poetry album? Because for too long, poets would just put their poem on top of a, sounds like a random track. Mm -hmm. And the poetry could be great, but because they just wanted an album, they just slapped two things together. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And, um, and ah, that's, that's so good because what you put with, not behind, what you what you put with uh, as a compliment, as as an enhancement uh, to your poetry, um, is atmospheric. That's that's what I'm. That right there is what I'm talking about. That's what that is supposed to be. That's what that's supposed to be. I'm. I'm God, man, that's so good. Thank you. That's so good. The rain, the kids in the background. Uh, it was so purposeful and the meaning behind the words 
And that's just one song. How many tracks? It's eight. That's like a movie. <laughs> like that's a that's a your album from that one track is a Broadway play. I no, no seriously. I wish people would understand how many ways poetry can go. Even you, like mm -hmm. this album, you can do so much with, right? Especially the way you did it. God, that's a that's an unplugged situation. That's oh man, bro. I, that's good. That's good. I can I can sit on that for a while. Um, that's good. Uh, I, I hope folks are taking notes. Um, and that's why I, I asked you, you know, what's what's the breakdown? How How is it done? And um, I want to connect with you. I want to connect with you uh, for Poet Life University. Okay. Let me turn my mic around because uh, I put the mic close to the speaker. Um, I want to connect with you on uh, Poet Life University and bring you on as a professor to to teach how to produce or how to create. I don't want to say produce because did you produce it? You had a producer. No, I, didn't, I didn't do. I didn't, right. That's why the music part. Yeah. 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 So just say create how how to create um, a poetry album correctly. <laughs> uh, um, I'm so serious about that, man, because um, so many poets cheapen their poetry when they just, you know, put their poetry behind some track. Right. Um, uh, but but when you when you add what you add it to yours, it only heightens the potency of it. Mm -hmm. wow. Literally makes it a, a, a audio movie. Because you wow. can see the kids yeah. in the playground. It's raining out there. Like, man, that's so good. That's so good. That's so good. Yeah, that's good. Um, why the title? Tell me about the title. So, um, interesting thing about Elephants. This poem, I mean, this poem, this album is... It's for everybody, but I think the focus, I say, the focus is, is women. Mm. Um, and... Elephants are, the herds are led by the matriarch. Really? Mm-hmm. The, the herds are led by the matriarch. So she leads the way. Um, the cartoons don't tell you that. No, nah, they don't tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> nah, they don't tell you that. Right. Um, elephants are super hyper intelligent. Uh, they are also emotionally intelligent. So just the way that they connect with their young and the way they're able to lead in such a capacity. And, you know, leading, especially leading a herd or a flock of people, that comes with great responsibility. Uh, and, but like you said, they don't teach you that on cartoons. Nobody mm -hmm. would ever know that unless they like did the research or whatever. Mm -hmm. So the same thing with women in general. Um, this world wouldn't, be without women and not just from a not just from a birthing standpoint 
but just in leadership and how how she does everything, how she has to fight for what she has and fight for what she does. And we talked about earlier fighting to prove her worth um, in a world like this. And so uh, that's who I wanted to talk to. And I talk about some different, there's, there's a few subject matters uh, that I hit on. One in particular. Uh, uh? One in particular, I talk about um, molestation in the church. Mm. I'm very careful with the words. I, I, ooh, I had to use a lot of restraint because I knew all the dirty details. Um, I had to use a lot of restraint, but nobody talks about that. Mm. So I had, to, I, I had to put it in a poem. Like it, it had to happen. Man, I I really hope, um, I hope you do so much more with what you have, um, than just an album with these pieces. Mm-hmm. Like, I I see workshops, you know based off the topic and the subject matter Mm -hmm. add alone that topic that you just spoke of Mm -hmm. i see a book called girls and elephants Mm -hmm. see a children's book called girls and elephants it's funny you should say children's book actually just finished my children's book it's not about girls and elephants but um yeah it's coming out next year Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I just, I challenge I challenge poets um to to diversify their pieces. Mm-hmm. Um their poems are so much more than poems. Uh I say this all the time, poets are so much more than their poems. Mm-hmm. And their poems are so much more than their poems um, because they can be presented in so many different ways, right. whether it's an episode, like, like I said, a play, you know, a book. Um, I, I, I want, I want, I want poets to ring those poet, those poems out mm-hmm. and get every bit of whatever out of it, you know, um, and because it's so rich, the poems are so rich that you can do more than just perform it mm-hmm. and and write it, you know. Um, so I'm excited about this project. I really am. Um, it's 10:30 at night, and I'm hype. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a hype. Uh, that that. That piece got me hype. I can't wait to listen to the whole thing. Uh, so I'm ready. Where do I go to? What is it? A pre-order? What's what's yeah, that? Yeah, you like? pre-order right now. It's on iTunes, Apple Music, um, Amazon Music. They have pre-order available now. But the album itself will be available officially September 30th on all streaming platforms. That's so good. So we're going to connect you and I. 
because um, I'm sure there's a lot of poets that want to create a poetry album, but mm -hmm. don't know how. And uh, at Poet Life University, we we hire uh, the best poet professors around the world to teach poets or or aspiring poets. Uh, to be able to do what they did, step one, step two, step three. Um, Eight-week class, once a week for like two hours. They get to ask questions, uh, be shown resources. It's on Zoom, right? Mm -hmm. So you can share a screen, get on the whiteboard, all of it. And by the time the poet leaves that class, they'll know what they need to do and probably have already started the project. So um, that's what we're doing. Uh, we are on a mission to continue to uplift the poetry community, but to start building the poetry industry. Mm -hmm. And uh, I want you on board because that don't make no sense. That don't make no sense. I'm telling you, I, and I, I, don't, I don't big up folks all the time, you know. Uh, but but that's what I'm because that's how that's why I asked you the way I asked you, you know, why 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 do poets feel the need to create a poetry album? Because I'm used to the poem on top of a track. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that. Listen, everybody, uh, if you don't know Kaziah, you know her now. Um, just where can they find you, and where can they find your work? So um, they can find my work on my first three albums are on all the streaming platforms. So it's on Apple Music and. Um, I think it's some on title. I know title came along later in life, but I think it's uh, some, if not all of them, are on title. Um, they, they search your name. How do they search? They can search Kazaya the poet. So just my first name, K E Z I A the poet, um, and all of those are all the albums are under that under that name. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Got you. Sweet, 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 sweet. I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. Uh, so this new album has eight tracks. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're on the level like that, on the, on the level of narrative. Mm -hmm. Man, yeah. did it take a while to determine what the sound effects would be and where you yeah. found them? It's more than just like when you're talking to producers, right? It's more than just like saying, "I need a track to this." Some some poems you might not have any idea what you want the music to sound like. Right. Some like, listen, I want like a storyteller sound. I want like a um, kind of something kind of solemn, something a thinking like a thinking track. Uh, that's the type of thing I want. And they'll ask you. They may ask you for some reference tracks, something that you have heard before. Mm -hmm. um, and you send them a couple links to YouTube's or something, and let them kind of hear and get a vibe, and then they can build and work from there. You can say like, I can. I said to my engineer, I'm like. Um, we were back and forth with like levels of like my voice and the music. And I'm like, I want the music a little up here and I want my voice a little up here. 
um, and kind of just working that way, like really listening to it and just really, really connecting with it and how you want it to show up uh, when, when, the, when the final project is done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could I could tell that I could tell that. You know, I can't articulate it because I'm not musically inclined, mm-hmm. but I could appreciate it. You know, um, I almost forgot there was music there because it was like like a, a pot of gumbo. You know, it was it was it just worked well together. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't hear your voice and then the music and it was just all one cool. piece. That is the goal always. Man, that's good. Uh, I'm going to end this before I keep talking about it. Um, Because I I, thank you. Thank you. I'm I'm really happy that I asked you and you obliged, uh, you know, my audience to allow us to hear one of your tracks. And I'm sure whoever's listening or watching they're in the same amount of awe that I am and can't wait to listen to the entire album. Um, so September 30th, right? September 30th. September 30th. Uh, this episode drops on September 16th. So people will have two weeks to pre-order mm-hmm. and everything. Listen, it's Kazaya, Kazaya the poet. Um, uh, do you have any shows coming up? I don't have any shows coming up. I mean, I could hop into some open mics, but I've right, been right. being super careful with uh, with COVID and everything. Yeah. I've actually turned down a few. So gotcha. um, just trying to be careful. I completely understand. Yeah. Well, you know, come on board the Poet Life University. Let's let's get virtual, you know, uh, uh, and not play around with the, with the variant. You know, (laughs) for sure. sure. Listen, it's the Poet Life Podcast. Thank you all for listening, for watching. I know you all enjoyed this episode with Kazaya. I know I did. And she brought me back. Uh, You know, I've known her for like seven years. And so good to, you know, uh, be in the presence virtually. Um, Soon, I'm sure to be in person. And so... If you all enjoyed this episode, like, share, uh, comment. Let's get this conversation going. Let's talk about how to create um, uh, an awesome poetry album, but also how to know your own voice. And I'm sure that you got some insight from tonight. Because I, if you could, mm-hmm. if you could leave the audience with something to inspire, motivate them, what would that be? Um, write it. Like, go ahead and write it. Even if no one ever sees it, there's power in you putting your words on paper. And there's even more power in you reading it back to yourself. Write it. Forget what it, it's not quite where I want it to be. It's not, write it, period. Perfect practice makes perfect. Mm, That's that's so good. That's so good. Just write it, man. I, you know what? It's so funny that you say that. I posted today on Instagram mm-hmm. and said, um, my post was, I said, poet, 
what are you waiting for and who are you waiting on? Mm. Just start. The puzzle pieces will appear as you move forward, no matter how fast or slow you go. Just write it. Get started. Just get started, man. And and who knows? Months, year from now, you might be right where Kazai is sitting talking to me about your journey on in, or in the poetry industry. Mm-hmm. Just start. Listen, thank you so much for checking us out. It's the Poet Life Podcast. We're out. Awesome. Introducing the Poet Life Podcast. Go check it out today on your favorite platforms, including iTunes, Apple Music, and the website, thepoetlife.com. Find a way, find a way